By the end of this podcast, you will learn what it means to walk backwards. This is a very powerful technique which can streamline your projects, improve efficiency and superpower you as a tech manager. You will understand key benefits and limitations of this approach. There are many cases where you can use this tool, but also there are some cases where this tool won't work. Also, we will review multiple examples to see how to use this approach in the real world. Stay tuned! Hello and welcome to the Alpha Trials podcast. If you're a new tech manager, you'll find a lot of useful insights and practical tips to help you navigate your new role with confidence. This podcast is all about sharing efficient techniques, best practices and stories from other successful tech managers. I'm your host, Alex Kuzmiuk, Senior Technical Program Manager at one of the biggest tech companies in the world. In this episode, I will talk about working backwards approach. We will discover the nature of it, we will explore pros and cons of it and learn where and how to apply it. This approach is famous as one of the key success factors of Amazon. Colin Breyer and Bill Carr even wrote a book about it. By the end of this podcast, you will understand what it means to work backwards. Learn when to apply it and when to avoid it and learn how to use it. Let's get started. Let's think loud. I want you to understand the working backwards approach. What are the key characteristics of this knowledge? Let's create a list of steps which we need to take to achieve this understanding. How will you know that you learned this approach? Well, this will happen once you will be able to apply it to solve your problems. But before being able to do this, you will need to practice or at least to see how this approach works in some cases. So we will review a few different case studies at the end of this podcast. This will give you an idea how working backwards works in practice. But before this, you will need to understand in which cases you can apply this approach and when it's better to avoid using it. So we will discuss these topics before reviewing case studies. And before understanding the limitations of the working backwards approach, it makes sense to understand how to apply it. So we will cover practical advices and theory behind this approach. We'll talk about key principles and techniques which will allow you to use this tool in the most efficient way. Before learning how to apply this approach, it makes sense to compare this approach with other approaches, especially versus working forwards. So we will need to have some example which will highlight the difference between these approaches and will make it easier to understand the benefit of working backwards. And the last but not least, we will need to learn the basic idea and theory behind this approach. I think it will be best to learn the theory after we will review the example which we just discussed. This will make it easier to understand the theory and benefits of the approach. Sounds like a reasonable plan, right? Let's dive deep into each topic and iterate step by step in reverse order until we will achieve our goal of understanding this approach. Okay, we need to start from the first item in our list. How can you understand and feel the difference between walking forwards and backwards? Here's an example. Let's think about a chess game. A while ago, when I was playing chess, I was thinking forwards. I was brute forcing all my possible moves and tried to predict how my opponent would react to them. I literally was trying multiple random combinations in my head and tried to understand what results could this bring to me afterwards. This was a time-consuming and exhausting process. 
I was never sure what I'd do for the next move. And, as you can imagine, I was not able to achieve any positive results with such approach. However, once I understood how to apply the working backwards approach to chess, my game style changed dramatically. Now, instead of validating every possible move on the board, I do the opposite. I know my goal – to capture the opponent's king. So I find this king on the board and start thinking how to capture it. Is it directly accessible by any of my pieces? Is there any move I can do after what my piece will be able to capture the king? What opponent's piece could prevent me from doing so? How I can capture that piece which prevents my plan? And so on and on. With such an approach, I have to validate a dramatically smaller amount of moves and combinations, and every move will specifically aim for the final goal of the game – capture the king. There will be no unnecessary random moves which could provide advantage to my opponent. Another example of backward thinking is travel. When planning your travel, you know the destination, date and time you need to arrive. You don't look at the train station timetable and decide where you can go from there. Instead, you determine where and when you want to go and then you search for a suitable train, plane or bus that can take you there. When taking a taxi, you usually have a destination in mind. You won't simply tell the driver, hey, I have 20 bucks, let's see where we end up. In Uber, for example, there is no option to call a driver without specifying the destination at all. Likewise, you don't board the first available flight at the airport unless you are specifically seeking an adventure. Okay, now you understand the difference between thinking forwards and thinking backwards. Let's move to the next step and see what defines this approach. The key difference in walking backwards is that instead of moving from the initial conditions to the goal, you need to reverse the problem-solving process. You start from the desired goal and step-by-step step progress backwards to the initial conditions through intermediate steps. The very important aspect here is a shift in mindset. You need to change the order in which you approach the problem. You need to identify and clearly see the end goal and work backwards to understand the necessary steps and conditions leading to your goal. All this requests a holistic understanding of the problem space. Also, your goal must be measurable so you will know if you achieved it or not. Then, you need to perform a decomposition of the problem. You need to break down the problem into smaller, manageable subproblems or steps. Each such step should represent an achievable milestone or target on the reverse path from your goal to current status. You need to identify how these steps are connected one with the other and in which order you need to implement them. This might be tricky, because some steps could have dependencies on each other have some limitations and constraints. They can have nonlinear relationships or external dependencies. If needed, each step can be considered as a separate problem and you can apply the same working backwards approach to resolve them. Working backwards is an iterative process. We think backwards in steps or iterations. Each next, or better say previous step, has more and more details, action items and specific information. So, at every step you might need to reevaluate and adjust the intermediate steps based on new information or constraints discovered. Once you reach the initial conditions in your working backwards process, you need to verify if your solution is feasible, practical and satisfies the requirement of the problem. This validation step helps ensure that a reverse path leads to a valid and viable solution. Okay, now we understand the difference between thinking forward and thinking backwards. 
let's talk a bit about when you can and cannot apply this tool. This approach is particularly effective in the following scenarios. First, project planning and execution. This is exactly what we do on a daily basis as tech managers. Second, process optimization. By starting from the desired outcome and analyzing the intermediate steps, inefficiencies or bottlenecks can be identified and addressed systematically, leading to a process improvements. Troubleshooting and debugging. By starting from the observed issue and walking backward, problem solvers can effectively trace the steps or events leading to the problem. Fourth, reverse engineering. Engineers can deconstruct the final product and determine the steps or components needed to create it using the walking backwards approach. And last, fifth, planning, decomposition making and other goal-oriented problems are also suitable for walking backwards approach. However, walking backwards approach is not a silver bullet. It can solve all problems. So what are the problems where it can be inefficient? Here are some examples of such problems. First, problems with lack of clear end goal. When the desired outcome or goal is ambiguous or not well-defined, it is tricky to apply the walking backwards approach. This might be exploratory initiatives, playing with new technologies, research of new domains of knowledge, etc. Second, problems in the field where you or your organization lack knowledge or information. If you can't understand the starting point, constraints and intermediate steps, you won't be able to benefit from the walking backwards approach. Instead, you will need to seek help from experts or apply a walking forwards approach and earn knowledge from it. Third, if the problem field where you are playing changes frequently, if your goal is not set in stone and changes alongside with your project, working backwards approach might not be practical too. This method assumes a static problem space, making it less effective in dynamic scenarios. And fourth, if you significantly lack time or resources, you might need to prioritize some aspects of the problem and make trade-offs. In this case, this approach also won't be practical. Instead, you might want to use other approaches, like using rules of thumb, educated guesses, simplified models or others. So, now you know when to use this approach and when to use something different. Let's review a few real-world examples of how to apply it for problem-solving. Do you remember the kids' path mice game? It's a game where you have multiple, usually three options, three different paths across a labyrinth. You need to pick the correct path, which will bring your hero to the treasure. What is your strategy to resolve such puzzles? Many people will try to guess and iterate all, all available roads until they will find a correct one. But is this the most efficient way? Is there any other way to solve this puzzle? Well, yes! This approach is start from the treasure and find a path back to your hero. In this way, you will eliminate all unnecessary steps to iterate through wrong passes. You will save a lot of effort and your execution will be straightforward. The only drawback from this approach is that this type of games will no longer be attractive to you. They will be boring and there will be no challenge anymore. Another great example is a firmware delivery for the manufacturing of device prototypes. Usually, hardware teams and factories work on their own schedule, which is different from software teams. And when the factory is about to produce the next iteration of your product, they need to have a proper firmware available to be able to flash it into the device. Firmware delivery manager works with the factories to understand the deadline. He or she works with the product team to understand the requirements for firmware, which should be delivered by this date. 
As a result, his goal is to deliver properly tested and functional firmware, which includes specified features by exact date. Having this information, it is an easy and pretty straightforward process to build up a critical path backwards and understand how to organize the development process in a way where you can achieve this goal. To do this, you need to identify the dependencies for every feature and understand estimated dates for them, estimate efforts needed to implement these features, allocate required resources, plan development in a way where your critical path ends before desired date, and then simply execute the plan. Well, actually, in real world, there is nothing simple about this execution process. We will talk about this in another episode if you are interested in this topic. Having this plan with critical paths is crucial to understand if you will be able to achieve your delivery goal on time. If your critical path ends after the target date and you can't parallelize or find another way to achieve your deadline, this is a good reason for escalation. And before I wrap up this podcast, I'd like to provide one more and very last example of using a working backwards approach. This example is this episode itself. The narrative here is structured exactly in a backwards thinking way. At first, we discussed what we want to achieve. My goal was to provide you with an understanding of what is a working backwards approach. I identified and listed what are key characteristics of this knowledge. These are understanding the definition of the approach, understanding when to use it, understanding how to use it, and understanding the limitations of this approach, and providing real-world examples. Then I iterated over these characteristics. I executed these steps by providing definitions, explanations, examples, and my thoughts on these aspects. And if everything went right, I was able to achieve this goal right now. Okay, I hope all this was helpful. I wish you to try to use this wonderful approach once you will have a chance. It really changed my life, and I'm looking forward to hearing back from you how it changed your life too. Thanks for listening to the Alpha Trials podcast. Please write a review and rate this podcast at Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcast platform. This will help me to deliver more great content for you in the future. If you will have any questions or suggestions, feel free to email them to address alphatrials at kuzmuk.com. You will find this address in the podcast's description. Thank you and see you next time.